Welcome to Canada's podcast. So, Justin, welcome back to Canada's podcast. It's been about two and a half years since uh, since you came on. You were one of the early entrepreneurs that, that I interviewed. And um, I think it's been a kind of uh, very interesting two and a half years in the world uh, since, since we first met. You know, uh, I just wanted to kind of give everyone a little bit of a thing. We, we have a new series, Awesomepreneurs, coming up uh, in uh, Q2 of, of this year. And I, I think your story is a little bit uh, along those lines. Uh, you know, you're entrepreneurial and you've been at it for a while. And uh, I think uh, you're now CEO and uh, co-founder of CoinSmart, uh, which uh, if anyone put, puts looks at that, we'll see is a, uh, a pretty uh, successful um, public company now. And uh, um, obviously, we, we, as everyone could guess, by the name is op- operating in the crypto space. So, um, uh, why don't you just give us a give you uh, that's my update of you. Just give us some de- some little bit of your side of it. Um, maybe a bit more detail on on CoinSpot and what you're doing, basically. Yeah, no. Well, first of all, Phil, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me back. As I should actually be saying to you, it's uh, been a while. Enjoyed our conversation. Uh, had a lot of people come out of the woodworks there who had listened to it and came to me and asked questions. And I'm always available. I like to be accessible to people and be helpful where I can. So I appreciate that last time. Appreciate you having me back now. And as you said, it's been a, um, an interesting ride over the last two and a half years. That's for sure. What started out of a um, you know pet project, a hobby that I was doing uh, in true entrepreneurial fashion has turned into a full business. Uh, that then was funded, that went public, uh, became regulatory compliant in multiple countries and jurisdictions around the world. And now I have an awesome team of 50 plus people who are really making things happen in a completely different way. And we're, we're changing the landscape today of making cryptocurrency accessible, helping bringing the crypto curious into the, into the ecosystem, helping educate them and leveling them up to an ecosystem player and really helping to bring um, more people into this market because there's only one and a half percent of the world in crypto today. And we're here to help, you know, change that because um, we're just at the precipice. You know, we're at, we're at the beginning. There's a lot of cliches that you can say we're the first half of the first inning. That's true in crypto. Um, and I've had some really exciting times, some ebbs and flows, obviously, during this market uh, over the last two and a half years, but can't, couldn't be more excited about where I am today uh, and what my teams have accomplished. Well, you know, and we're going to talk a bit more about the crypto in, in in a while because I think you know most people listening to this are either in it or looking at it, and maybe we we can give some insights with an insider in the business if you like. But before we did that, you know, you've got this new venture. You're now a public company. Um, uh, you know, that's a you know a, a tried and, and and tested sort of uh, financing route. For, for for ventures that want high growth, um, uh, and you know, I thought maybe you could give others thinking of this route, other entrepreneurs thinking of this route, some tips on you know what you've learned in, in this process. Um, you know that 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 could be really useful. I think. Yeah. Well, the first thing I've learned uh, is 
if you're busy already and then you become a publicly traded company and the CEO of that, you're not double busy. You're 10x busy what's going on and your game changes a little bit from what you're doing on a day-to-day basis to what you're doing now. And you have to want that. So not only are you inviting more scrutiny, eyeballs on what's going on, uh, questions that are going to be answered, but you're out there promoting the company um, in a very big way. And that's something I like to do because I'm really passionate about what our business is and what we're achieving. So for me, it was a you know not a far cry from what I had to do to become regulated and regulation is uh, the next level of being public. You know, you had to have the okay from OSC or whatever principal regulator you're with, but to be a, a, a regulated financial marketplace and res, uh, restricted dealer to then become public was a crazy, uh, a crazy year last year. And I'd have to say that um, it's very rewarding. Um, it's very challenging, but at the end of the day, if you're doing something that you believe in, it's all part of the journey. And that's what's really fun about being an entrepreneur. And that's what we're talking about today is if this is hard work uh, and you're not having fun while you're doing it, that's one thing. You should probably look at something different. But if you're really you know, enjoying it and the challenges that are coming up, which are different every single day, and you don't know what's going to come and you're going to take one step forward, three steps back and three steps forward and four steps backwards and get punched in the gut all the time, that's what it's going to take. Um, I really recommend it because where where you can go with this is not less dilutive capital for the long term. So if you really want to scale and your business is in a position to do that, then this is where you can find the right capital of strategic partners to come and back you to achieve those goals over a long period of time. I think that's really important for us because we're so early into this marketplace mm-hmm. of crypto that we need the people who are there understand the vision. And this is the way to identify them. And, you know, differently than going into a typical, I want to raise capital for equity piece, which is part of that, that, that puzzle. And we did a bunch of that prior to going public and we went public by a step back by reverse takeover. So, you know, you may have heard of other uh, people going public and they do initial offerings, uh, IPOs. That's where people are taking money off the table. Some of the insiders, we did this to raise capital, but not take money off the table by doing a reverse merger. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's, it's cumbersome and you have to have everything really wrapped up. And if you have skeletons in your closet, you can be prepared to talk about them. And if you're willing to do all those things, it's very rewarding, but it's not for everyone. It's not for every business. And you have to be in the right place because it's about the story, what you can tell the street and your future potential. It's not just something you can do out of, uh, you know, vaporware or thin air. I hope that's a, a little bit helpful for people out there. I did talk to you as well. You're right. I mean, I get, I get, I get with what you're saying. I think I think it's it's a long term play. If if you're looking to grow capital over the long term, it's a it's a good way to go. Anyway, you know, I wanted to kind of make this a not you know, you know, people can go and listen to your entrepreneurial journey two and a half years ago. I thought I didn't want to repeat that, um, but you know, here you are. You know, for the last three years, four years, you've been immersed in. In, in crypto to the point where you started your own your, your own operation um, uh, so not everyone is, is is sort of familiar with it so I, I thought you know I was really interested in getting your perspective on, on the crypto world so that maybe some of the people listening would you know they may be on the edge you may not be interested but 
maybe by the end of our conversation, I might have a better a better perception of it. So um, I think the other, the first thing I wanted to say is, you know, crypto has been around for a decade, let's say uh, now, in, in its current pace, about the last three to four years. Uh, is the opportunity to make money quickly gone? Is that over? Yeah, like I don't think the answer. Well, I know the answer is no. The answer is no. This is you know I've mentioned it three times already today. I'll continue to do it. We're still early. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean that Bitcoin is going to triple? I don't know. Does that mean that this new coin that no one heard about yesterday that heard about today mm-hmm. will go up in value three thousand times? We've seen it consistently happening over the last 18 months. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not one who's going to sit here and tell you where you should invest your money or how you should invest your money. But when you do your research and you start getting into this, you're going to see there's some really good opportunities and you're going to get into, you know, it's like you can be an angel investor, which you couldn't be before for small dollar values. You can mm-hmm. see new projects that are emerging. They can see a real world value. And if you believe in those, they're the opportunity that you can not only get into them early, but also have instant liquidity, which you wouldn't have in a typical angel investment. So I think there's still definitely some opportunity there. And I think, um, you know, just backing up to some of the points you asked before, is there still money to be made here? There definitely is. And you're not too late by any means whatsoever. Okay. Why we got into this market was it was difficult. It's hard to get on a platform, hard to send money, hard to trade, hard to understand pairs. And why we wanted to make it, um, you know, wanted to make it easier, make it accessible was so the masses could get into it. And in doing that, there's a couple of things that were really key to us. And I think they go and we, we built this community behind us and this industry based on this is we wanted to get rid of all the misdemeanors that were out there that um, this is a, a bubble, there's bad actors in the, in the space. And we've heard a lot of those crazy stories right here in Canada. And that is why we took the regulatory approach first over everything else. You know, being the first FinTrack regulated crypto trading asset platform in Canada uh, in 2018, before they even allowed anyone to do that, we forced them into it by adding FX into every one of our transactions. And then also being licensed in the US, in Europe, and being the second, you know, full marketplace here in Canada. That's not because we want the titles or accolades. That's so that we can create for our market and for our customers a fair and transparent marketplace. They, we can have trust in what we're doing and transparency. And so we're not only are we registered, but being public, everything's available to the community to understand. We're not hiding behind walls. I think that's the key aspect of what we're doing to try and differentiate ourselves from everyone out there and bring these new people, like you're saying, who are unsure, am I w- working with the right people? Am I in the right place? We're aiming to show that to the community and be there for them. And then to just to, to bolt onto that, For people who don't want to get into crypto as the underlying asset and go buy Bitcoin or Dogecoin or whatever it is that you're really excited about, Solana, um, us taking the capital markets play opens up a different community that can come here and buy and get into the the crypto space uh, through the capital markets. And I think that's pretty exciting. Right now, not only institutions who can't get into this because they can't own crypto in their treasury. Can go buy our stock and we're not a barometer and this, this is the differentiator of us versus a bitcoin etf or a mining company that exists out there the price of bitcoin doesn't reflect the price of our company and our valuation or our revenue 
We love volatility, volatile market. This being the biggest in the world, the more it is volatile, the more trading that goes on, the more volume we have, and the, hence the more revenue that we make. So that's where we become a hedge against pricing and volatility in the most volatility market, volatile market, and give people on both sides of it, you know, crypto, you know, enthusiasts a way to get into the capital markets and put them in their TFSA if they want to do that. The crypto curious to come in and buy crypto in a new way and that they can trust and, and look at. And then these other investors can come in and go, well, I'm not interested in crypto itself, but I understand that this as an exchange, the true plumbing in the industry is somewhere where I can put money because they're actually a viable company. So we're trying to hit everybody across the board here and give them that opportunity. So what really is the future, the long-term future of crypto versus fiat currencies? Okay, I am not one of those conspiracy theorists or really deep rooted individuals, an ethos player that says crypto is going to go, uh, sorry, fiat's going to go away. I don't think it ever is. We always have a need for it. Maybe not in the form of cash. You know, we have today where you have a $100 bill or a $10 bill or a toonie, um, you know, here in Canada. But um, I think there's a real need for transparency in financial institutions. Um, why do you go to the bank today, your trusted bank that's there for you, you're in Canada, there's five of them, uh, and you know we love them, but why are they charging you 250 to 300 basis points for trading $1 American to $1 Canadian? They pay two to five basis points at the most. That's almost you know predatory if you think about it, if, you, if there's any other uh, non-bank was all, was charging that sort of pricing, you think something was going crazy. With transparency in a market and offering services on a blockchain like crypto does, we know the true cost. We know where it goes. We can move money quicker. We can, you know, we can cut out those bloated institutions that are taking half the yield that you'd be making an investment for their own fees and giving that right back to the user in a, in a decentralized way that's transparent. So I think this is just opening up the community and the world to investments and investment vehicles, investment types that haven't existed or been available to them because they didn't have access to that, whether it's because they're unbanked, you know, in, in the place in the world that, that have that situation or they're underbanked in countries or they're in a country like Canada where um, you can't get all the products and services that you might want that are available to you in other ways that are more valuable to you. So I see it as a new way of thinking about investment, a new way to move capital in a transparent way, um, and something that's going to change the future on how we interact in a digital world. So let's move to what's probably been an even crazier area of crypto in the last six months is NFTs. You know, NFT chat is everywhere. Um, how does that relate with cryptocurrencies? The, you know, the Bitcoins and et cetera. Without sounding self-promotional, yeah. um, the reality for us, you know, us as an exchange, again, going back to a capital markets company in an exchange, you can't have NFTs and you can't have a uh, metaverse and you can't have DeFi products without a centralized exchange like us. All this exists because you have to bring real fiat dollars, like I said, they're not going away, onto a market. Then you can take it from our market and deal with any of the products that we have or go somewhere else, the products that we can't offer based on regulation here in Canada and use the, use the crypto that you've, you've bought from us from on-ramp and off-ramp. 
And I think it's really interesting that NFTs have taken so far, but they're really excited for this whole community, whether you're into crypto or not, but you have to use crypto to buy them. And I think that's exciting. And what it is, for those who don't know, NFT are three letters uh, for uh, stand for non-fungible token. Mm-hmm. So that's saying that at the end of the day, and you can't see me, I'm just saying, but if I, I have a piece of art on my wall over here, there's only one of those in the world. I can't take that and exchange it for another painting that's similar, like you could $1 bill for another dollar bill. And because that's non-fungible and there's only one of one, we can say that you own that and we can actually have that on a blockchain where we know the provenance, provenance of that. So, for example, we know that that Banksy painting uh, that happened was bought by Jay-Z, who then sold it to this person that sold to that person. We know the lineage of where it went and that it's truly an authentic piece of art or memorabilia or of the like. So this is just the beginning of NFTs, and it is very exciting. And it's all about digital art right now and the ownership thereof. And it's about collectibles. But that's not where I see it going into the future. And I think that's the important conversation to be had today, where um, fractionalization based on NFTs, I think, is very important. And, um, you know, I'll talk about a company that I know um, is called Willow. And Willow, what they do is they fractionalize. And I think they just became OSC and CSA registered as well, which is a very interesting thing, um, where they fractionalize real estate. So now you want to be a real estate investor. But you can't afford that million-dollar down payment to have that sixplex in Canada. Now you can bring a consortium of people together instantly, you know, taking 30 seconds to write up what you're doing, the building, all the details are coming pulled from online. And now you can crowdsource essentially uh, a million investors at $1 to then go buy that building, manage it the way you had hoped, have the business plan behind it, then show a return back. You can do the same thing with a sports team or a fancy car or whatever it may be. And that's where we're going in the future. Again, bringing access to financial instruments that might not be attainable by everyone to now make everyone have the ability to attain that. And I think that's really key. So is this the right timing to invest? I mean, the the crypto market's been bouncing, 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 or should I wait? For me, not for not not where you said you know the, you know the, the the fact that there's lots of trading is great, but but as the individual, is is it, is is it just too uh, volatile at the moment? Well, you know, again, I think where we are, we've seen it. You know, Bitcoin. We'll just talk about that. Bitcoin's king. It's the it's the brand yeah, name. Yeah, this yeah. Case. Um, we've seen it high as sixty nine thousand us we've seen it as low in the last two years as low as three thousand us so um it's very volatile but you know these are the times that i would dollar cost average into the market we just saw it come down from fifty thousand to thirty six thousand you know we we have a saying here i won't say the word uh because it's crude but it's called btfd you know buy the something dip when the when the market's going down um and it's going opposite we see a lot of people selling, you know, they're panic selling. Hold on. You know, if you think that it's a bad time to zoom out, to see what the charts look like over time, not in that individual period. And when we see a dip in the market under what we call like a natural band of, you know, a, a, where we see some resistance over time, that's, that's where you should be buying, in my opinion. 
um, and you should own it at various price points. And that's what dollar cost averaging is. So I would say at any time in the market that you see it dip down, that would probably be the opportunity to buy or start trading on it. So, I mean, with tax time looming, is crypto investing tax advantageous? Um, well, we're just starting to see some real guidance from the CRA on this. Uh, I was just reading about this earlier this week. They put out some posts on it. Um, they're treating it much like any other investment out there. So it can be advantageous. You know, if you're taking some losses and you need a write-off at the end of the year, maybe you want to solidify that by selling some at a loss. Um, and on the other side, is tax like a capital gain? So I think those are all positives in our in our in our country here in Canada. Um, and I think it's nice that we're seeing a little bit more guidance on that. And I, I'm still learning about that. So I don't want to anyone take that with a grain of salt and definitely talk to your accountant about that. But that is what I'm seeing. And I feel confident about that being the proper approach to how this is treated. So if I'm moving into crypto, should I be, be using a crypto wallet? Oh, well, there's a couple of ways of looking at this. Um, you know, they say there's a saying in crypto, not your keys, not your crypto. So that mm -hmm. means... If you don't have your own wallet and it's under your control and no one has access, mm -hmm. well, then maybe someone can get access to it. So it's always a good idea to have that. I think that was very um, significant for a long period of time. But as regulation comes into, into play, and it is significantly worldwide, not only here in Canada, you know, there's a lot of things like it's not, it's not the wild, wild west anymore. We have to have anything that we're holding on behalf of our customers has to be 95% in cold storage, so offline at a real trust company, just like your stocks and bonds are held with a trust company that also has to be insured. We also have to have self-insurance on things that are in a hot wallet or in transactional wallet at a time. These are things that are audited on a uh, internally very often through the regulators, um, also you know monthly, if not more, across the board. So there's a lot of things that are being put in place to ensure that your coins are secure, especially dealing with a company like ours. Um, so I think, and there's reasons for that and I get it and it might be a cost center, but it's safety and transparent. And I like that. So there's not as much reason to have it on your own, especially because there's rationale to have it on an exchange where a, you can go trade it at will mm -hmm. and you don't have to bring it on and offline. Like you would in an traditional sense of having a cold wallet or a mobile wallet, which could get lost as well. Um, and I think at the end of the day, we're really just creating an environment where in, in, in an involving environment where there's so many places that you might want to stake your coin or lend it out to receive very high yield payments back. You know, you can get upwards of 20% a year on your cryptocurrency that you have, where if you're keeping dollars in your bank account, you're making pretty much negative interest in a lot of these markets. So uh, it's important to have, and I think you should, you know, if there's stuff that you're just playing on holding for a really long time, for 10 years, five years, whatever it may be, have it in your own wallet. There, if it's something that you're looking to spend and use daily actively, have it in a mobile wallet so you have access to it. But then I think you can feel really confident um, in the centralized exchanges and the in the security they have behind it to keep dollars there or, or fiat there, uh, crypto there. Okay, so let's let's move a, move out just a little bit from from the the, the kind of uh, crypto advisory, if you like, that we just been through, and just come back to you a little bit, you know. So here you are, you know, you know, uh, you're, you're you're sort of leading something that's uh, that's got a lot of momentum. You know, 
what do you see yourself what what's your biggest challenge for the next you know two years you would say my biggest challenge is really finding the best team members and we have a little bit of advantage being crypto so interesting We've taken some incredible individuals, you know, our chief compliance officer, chief legal officer, marketers from the best in, in their industries and all these traditional industries and help bring them to our team. Um, but it's really scaling more of that so that we can move at a scale in which uh, cryptocurrency is moving at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important to understand that um, our market doesn't look the same like it did three days ago or did three months ago. It is ever changing and finding people who can keep up with that one two who can scale and move as quickly as we are is key. So finding the team, building team and move forward there, uh, keeping up with technology, uh, working hard with uh, regulators to bring very um, you know, positive change to an, to an industry to allow us to offer product that other people want to not go off to other jurisdictions to get. Um, and I think those are the things that we're most focused on to ensure that we continue to see this immense growth. And, you know, uh, building great product and our goal is to give the best customer success and, and experience bar none. We're the only crypto asset trading platform in the world that offers omni-channel live support 365, 24-7. And that's key. We want to be there for our users when they're thinking about it, when they're uh, doing their first trade or their thousands trade. We want to make sure that we can service them. And because of that, 30% of our organic growth comes from our evangelistical clients that we do a good job for referring their friends and family. So that's a key aspect for us moving forward. Justin, it's been really interesting. Thank you for coming on. I'm going to keep tracking you. You keep tracking us. Uh, and um, uh, like I said the last time, you know lots of people listen to our stuff. How can people get a hold of you if they, if they like what they've heard? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had a lot of income inquiries before because of this, and I'm happy to do that. You can reach me at jh at coinsmart.com. That's jh at coinsmart.com. Send me an email. I'll be happy to get back to you as soon as I can. Any questions, a good question. Happy to help wherever I can. Thanks very much for coming on Canada's podcast. Thank you so much. Have a nice day.